Give a dog a bone, it's uncle says. Uncle Says, we're a weekly podcast discussing our lives in China, making short films, which right now are on YouTube, and kind of art in general. Uh, we have a couple different segments, but we have our one big homeschool film school, and tonight we're going to be talking about the structure of our videos and, and kind of story structure that's non-typical uh, non narrative. Um, so stick around for that. We are coming to you live to tape from beautiful Whoop Woo Studios here in Luzhou, Sichuan, China. It's been wet and hot, which is a change up from wet and cold as it's been recently. So let's kick things off with How's Your Uncle? We just had the absolute worst dinner here tonight, um, and I forgot to introduce myself, so I'll do that now. I am Emily, and I had a terrible dinner, and with me as always is Peter, who also had a terrible dinner. Pretty bad. We ordered, we took a chance on a new delivery place that had like cute little, little prepared boxes of food that looked cute, and it was like, it was clear it was fast food, but it was not clear how terrible it would be <laughs> really like we unwrapped it and peter was like oh it's like airplane food and then it was it was the worst airplane food without a trip yeah without we didn't even get to go anywhere so we had we ordered a second dinner um it was really just that bad it was so it was like the worst food <sighs> ever so that was fun um earlier this week we had some oil hijinks we we use oil oil I guess it's oil right I gas guess. gas I don't know what whatever it is for our hot water heater and our range our stovetop uses gas which we don't use that much so it's it's fine <laughs> um, but we do use hot water quite a lot um, and the gas went out the other day and some the gas goes out from time to time for various reasons. And so I did like the problem solving of it was I paid the bill. It turns out that wasn't it. They'll let you run up quite a deficit because the t the t last time I paid the like the gas bill before this was like at least a year ago. Um, but so that wasn't it. And so it turns out this time the culprit was the batteries in our meter need to be changed. Our water batteries. Yeah. Which, um was a new one but now I know add that to the checklist of what's wrong with the what's wrong with the gas or the oil or whatever um, so it was, it was only a momentary half an hour we're okay we have hot water now you okay I'm okay I'm okay and what else happened this week is oh Monday last Monday school was canceled for the alcohol festival <laughs> which I think I mentioned last week it tickles me that kindergarten gets canceled so everybody can go to the alcohol festival. We did not go. We stayed home and filmed some stuff that it turned out 
we were not happy with afterwards, so we're going to do some reshoots after um, some equipment comes in. And I can tell you more about that when it's successfully done, but just to say, sometimes, sometimes there's no salvaging a project and you just have to start over, and that's, that's happened. The failure report. Yeah, the failure report. So that's how we are. Hungry and cold and, and failed. Not cool. Not cold anymore. Not just, at <laughs> least we can take a hot Confused. shower. Confused. Confused, but hot shower. Um, yeah. So that's that. Let's go on to conduct some business. We've been experimenting the past week and a half with Facebook ads. If you're a, I don't think they, they don't do this if you're a person. They do this if you're like a, a page. I think so. They give you the option if you're a person too, to boost no, your posts. No, I, 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 well, I don't, <laughs> why are you advertising you as a person? I don't know. I thought that was weird <laughs> when I started saying it. So I think, so Hello Uncle Foreigner is on Facebook and we have our own Facebook page for that as an entity. And they're always, if you have a page like that, you, you know, they're always like, boost your post, which I secretly suspect is like they're burying your posts unless you give them money. I think it's extortion. But we just decided to give in to the extortion this week. And we bought two ads for two separate posts a week apart. Um, and it seems... It was cheap. So It was cheap. Yeah, we paid $30 total for the two ads for 10 days each. Um, and it says we reached thousands of people. So... Um, <laughs> That's more than we reach on YouTube for free. So we wanted to experiment and see what would happen. And I think as far as we can tell, what did happen is more people saw it and some people clicked for shoes was the mm. first video we, we started an ad with last week. Mm. And it did, like usually on YouTube for our numbers, they, we have a good first day and then the second day, it kind of levels off. And then by the third day, there's really no growth. Right? Yeah, that's pretty much par for the course, especially for smaller channels. Yeah, that's what they say is that your subscribers and anybody who's on your, who gets notifications of your post, go and watch it in the first two days. And then it doesn't like have any organic reach because it's just, you're not, you're not popular enough. Um, oh, just sneeze. Oh, no. No, no. Um, but so we started the ad on the third day after posting, um, and then we did get like a pretty good jump, um, for the next couple days. We ran the ad for 10 days and I would say the first three and four days, um, were good and then diminishing returns and by now we're not really seeing any movement anymore. Um, but we topped out at 185. Yeah, which is good for us. 185 is... Um, In a first week. Almost double what we usually do. Yeah. For a normal video, that's that's really good for us. And then the second ad seems to be performing, you know, well as mm. well. <laughs> um, what we did differently in the first ad, because you can choose the audience you're going to target. 
And then, so this is something. They give you the option to target by race or ethnic affiliation. And then, so just for like, because it was there, I put in Asian American just because we're in China. I mean, maybe that is racist. Um, but then Facebook rejected the ad because they said you're not allowed to target ethnic groups. But they're the ones who put that in the form. It's a trap. Yeah. But anyway, so don't, don't, we don't, we don't choose ethnicity. <laughs> um, but we could choose like all kinds of interests like TV or music or movies or um, they even have categories of like lived abroad, lived abroad in China, family of someone who lived abroad. You can choose like... They're pretty close, pretty detailed. Yeah, which is... You what know, kind of shoes you wear? Creepy. Um, and then on our second ad, so on our first ad, we chose some of that stuff, but then I, I think by default it just targeted the United States. Mm. And then the second ad, so we added on... Um, English-speaking countries around the world, so that we're still we're still gathering the data that was like two days ago. Yeah, we said well, that at uh, it. Facebook, it doesn't look like they they put too much. Um, uh, 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 they don't update very well. Yeah, I think there's a lag in in how accurate their numbers are versus like what's happening right now. Um, so we're still we're still looking at the data, but it seems again. That we're having some some good effect in that um, the video is still continuing to grow well beyond the time that it usually grows, um, and I think we just wanted to see what would happen. It's definitely not sustainable for us to keep paying for viewers, especially so few viewers, because um, it did get us more viewers, but it got us like thirty more viewers. <laughs> so um, now we know. Now we've seen what that does. So it was an interesting experiment. Um, experiment. Yeah. But let's go on to homeschool film school. This isn't working. Oh, okay. Homeschool film school. None of them are? No. Uh, here's, here's another bit of business. We use a free program called OBS to stream our are live to tape and it is very quirky um, it that it's that's the program that allows us to slip the bumpers in live but it doesn't always work right um, so we may have to reevaluate the way that we do that um, but anyway homeschool film school are you, are you still clicking on stuff what's going on over there yeah, maybe the mouse oh like not, uh, I... Sorry, OBS, it might be our mouse. Um, anyway, homeschool film school. We're going to talk this week about our video structure because we just um, used our analytics to figure out something that in retrospect seems very obvious, um, but at the time before that, it did not seem obvious, um, which is save your best, most weighty feature for last. The thing that you advertise in your title, the thing that you advertise in your thumbnail, don't address it until last because if people have that narrative satisfaction, then they are done with your video. We were putting it first because it felt like, well, it's important. Let's lead with that. But I think like every other industry from like 
novels to storytelling, those are the same thing, to even like news, um, news doesn't lead with the big story of the night. News, news puts it at the end. And the way we kind of thought about it to help us get there was that um, if there's any analog to what we're doing is maybe a talk show where the talk show has monologue introduction at the beginning, some jokey bits in the middle, the big deal interview with the big star first, and then we trail off and, and close it up with some minor minor bits, but that might have quite attraction for you. Um, and then for so for us, we have like giraffe has developed into to multiple bits, um, and some of them are recurring, and some of them are invented for that week, and then maybe will recur in the future or not. Um, and then there's like a story. And then this week there was two stories. And we choose one of those things to be the, not centerpiece isn't the right word, but it's the thing that we hang our thumbnail and our title on because it's, um, it's hard to sell like nine stories about stuff. <laughs> So there, there has to be like one thing that it's about, and so we usually choose that to be just like the the vloggy story. Um, although that could change. Well, initially we started just to go back a bit. We yeah. started with. Um, <clears throat> hang on one second. But we're back and we're working now. All right. Let's try. All right. Homeschool. All right. So back to me. Just to go all back. right, so <laughs> the structure of our podcast this week is all nuts. The to, when we first started, especially with the giraffe, it was you were just kind of stream of conscious of an idea really quickly. Yeah, and then yeah. you let a couple other ideas sort of trickle out the back. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really have a structure. It was just like here's an idea, we'll film it. Like our first ones were like, eat a Big Mac. Hey, it's New Year's. Right, right. So we just, we had one simple story and then started adding segments as afterthoughts, literally afterthoughts. And then we just kept that. Yeah, as yeah. A, as a, until we realized that, like, people were, were were clicking for some kind of information, possibly, and we told them right away, and then as soon as we were over, we still had, like, five more minutes of all kinds of really cool animation and all tons of work. And, and sometimes even jokier things, funnier things than the initial story would have been. Yeah. And people, as soon as the story was over after two minutes, they were gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, because we get, we get that audience data. We can see where people drop off. We can even see, like, if there's a part where people rewind them and watch more than once. And what was happening was they were watching exactly to the end of the information of where you said, like, so that's our story about X for this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Now stick around for lots more fun. And, and they, they were gone They already. didn't stick around. So this week, we didn't shoot it with this in mind, but after shooting, we discovered via the audience retention data, like, oh, people come for that story, then leave after that story is finished. Let's put that story at the end. And we could see from the data that it was a far more even. Um, we still have major drop-off in the first, like, 20 seconds because I think 
everybody does because there's people who choose you and then decide like, no, I want to go walk the baby or something instead. Or watch seven other things. Yeah, yeah. But so this had that drop off, but then it didn't usually, what we've seen is like steep drop off and then slow drop off, drop off, drop off, drop off, drop off to the end. And this had steep drop off and then pretty flat until the end. Did people call it the, ho the hockey stick, or something, I think, or something? Mm, that that's not what they call the hockey Well, maybe they call it the hockey stick, too. Something. It could be a hockey stick. It, it's, it's a, there's a term for it of, like, there's a drop-off, and it's just a matter of how far does it keep dropping off, or does it hit a point Right, instead. yeah, that it's, it's flat. It's, it's angled, and then it's flat. So, yeah, I guess that's also a hockey stick. That's what I mean. <laughs> um... Yeah, so we were pretty psyched to see that. And and we did have a big discussion over um, are we letting analytics drive our creative content because we're, we're wary of that. Um, in this day and age, that's like info-driven artistic decision-making is kind of taking over. But we kind of felt like, especially after we came up with that talk show analogy, that like, no, it makes... It makes creative sense to stick to stick the payoff at the end. That's where the payoff goes. And then after that, we have like a little come down with a complaint and then the comment of the week, which is pure audience pandering interaction. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that actually does anything or not, if anybody actually cares that the... Actually, no. People have commented yeah, that, that they're it's, happy it's a big to be. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take it back. People when we choose them as commenter of the week are like they give us good feedback, so that's cool. And so it is like that's the interactive component which YouTube says and I mean that like it's as old as Bogville very like scattered tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's as old as the in our hills of wait till the end and bring people yeah. up on stage or something. Yeah, and, and it's something that like T V and movies can't do is have that direct interaction with the audience. And, and so that is, we're, we do wish we were making a TV show and maybe one day we will, but right now what we're making is a YouTube video. And so that, a strength of that is that you can directly have a conversation with someone in your audience or all of your audience. Um, so that's, we tease that at the beginning and then have it at the end. So hopefully like our true blue fans are going to stick around to the end. I mean, they could also just skip to the end if, <laughs> if the tension is killing it's them. Just need to hear your name. <laughs> yeah. But so that's, that was always at the end and we kept it at the end for that reason. But it's also turning out to be, to fun, fun to have that kind of interaction with, with people to, to, oh, yeah. to, you know, just, you're just kind of playing around and maybe even making friends, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but so it's interesting because like Peter said, it, the giraffe kind of evolved out of this stream of consciousness. And as it was growing, like last week, I would say was a big breaking point of like, it's not a stream of consciousness anymore. It is a structured story. It's a structured uh, YouTube event. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be scripted, per Yeah, se, it's not scripted, but I do have an outline. And then even instead of doing it all in one take, there's so much now that we broke it down into a couple takes. So I could, like, 
consult my notes and we grouped things together that we knew that maybe we wouldn't need a transition between because we're still trying to keep it um well it makes it easier for you to 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 come up with a piece on the spot take it down start another spot but it's also easier for me in editing afterwards because then i can work on the transitions that are a lot more zippier than you saying like okay so that piece has ended our next piece is so I could just quick shot to the next thing and keep everything right, moving. Right. So it's it's easier for both processes to keep going. Because that was another thing too of like when I would say it was the end of a particular segment, that would be a drop off point. And so we were like, well, what if we don't ever say it's the <laughs> end until the actual end? And, and just then have... even even then, the, the people say that that don't come up with an ending anymore. Like, just end your video. Right. Don't, actually, don't ever say that, like, well, that was it for today. Yeah. Really? They say, that, like, even at the end, don't say the end. Yeah. Like, just... Why? Just, just Why? Because, because people turn off before they get to the... Oh, the call to action or your... Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so that was... We made a conscious effort. I did in what I was saying not to say... So that's that, and now this, to just like stop talking about that and start talking about this with no transition, which again, if we were, that still makes sense for the giraffe character who's like very nervous and scattered, and stream of consciousness is a good word for that, so that mm -hmm. it would just keep flowing. If we were doing something else, I don't know that that would we'd have to think about that decision more. But it, as it is, it's like, the fact that she just stops talking about one thing and launches right into another thing works for the character. And it works for YouTube in general, but even bigger stuff like TV, like uh, who was the actress that has the new TV show, that the SNL woman that um, A, the, the, the A starts with Oh, A.D. Bryant? A.D. Bryant, she, her, her talking with Mark Maron, I'm talking about the SNL skits, and they were saying how they they they're better now. Apparently, I haven't watched them, but like, and she said, well, it's because from YouTube that, that everything's only like four minutes, so you can snip everything is really fast. So, like, so being on network television <laughs> wasn't enough to like bring your best, <laughs> but now it might go viral on YouTube. So do they all have to do the best? Yeah, everything has to be chopped down to the last second of, like, as fast as possible, in and out. Yeah, there's no, no, one's no sit, fat. Yeah, no one's sitting around waiting, going, like... I, well, in a, in a time when we don't even have... All your major shows don't even have openers anymore with, yeah, with theme yeah. songs, you are basically... No one's sitting around for you to say, like, well, here's what's coming up next. Like, it, you know, well, I'm done, I'm out of here. Right, right. And... That as a restriction can like feel uncreative, but I think it's a it's a good skill to have to be able to cut the fat and have only the meat <laughs> to dwell in this metaphor. Like for example, so as I've mentioned before, I used to work at a newspaper as a writer and we were one of those free handout at the subway newspapers that like every story was two hundred words long. Yeah, commuter, commuter paper, if that's a term that people sure, recognize anymore. Um, but yeah, so stories were like super short, like 200 words. 
if you're not a writer, maybe that sounds like a lot, but it's not. It's <laughs> not a lot of words to convey a whole complex news story. Yeah, it used to be that um, that was like the beginning of your story. That would be, that would open you up to like possibly what we're talking about. Right. Now that's the end. Right. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole deal. So like. It was annoying. It was annoying to have to boil everything down to 200 words. But it also, I am like a really disciplined, super sharp, super economical writer now. And working for myself, I can use that in the ways that I want to. So I can, I can get to the, I can get right to the point. The meat? Right to the meat. <laughs> but then I can also, you know... Sprinkle on some seasoning if I like, because that's my fat. that's my prerogative. <laughs> Sprinkle on the fat. Sprinkle on the fat. Um, but I think, and and every creative person is going to grumble about these kinds of restrictions. But I think it does help you to be really good at what you're doing. But then in the end, it is also like limiting. I mean, I quit that job and I was very happy when I didn't have to write like that anymore. Um, What's well, one of the things... So I, I think it's a good tool and you have to like know when to use it and how to use it correctly. Not just because the algorithm says. And then on top of it, you have to perform on the spot, which is another person's job. That was always a, a newscaster, anchor person who would be... That's what they went to school for is to learn how to speak without like any gaps there's no no time to wait for people to what are you going huh like right <laughs> you have to speak as fast as you would have edited your writing oh yeah i'm not economical at all when i am performing the draft because that's not written that's just but it's performed. it's amazing when you see um a, a lot of people that are on youtube will sort of just kind of sort, you know, because... Oh, yeah, a lot of dead air filler noises, which I think you and I are maybe better than average at because of our experience teaching. Teaching helps, yeah. Um, And specifically teaching in China, teaching English in China is all about, like, keeping... The attention of 60 kids. <laughs> Probably of any kids, really. Yeah. You, you, you can't really have dead air unless you're... Yeah, so you don't have dead air. We tutored students in in these high-level interviews to get into English language schools, and we would, like, teach them not to say like or um, and, blah, blah, blah. and then we... Having given that advice, we were like, well, we have to follow that advice, <laughs> too. And so both of us really worked hard to eliminate those those thinking noises from our vocabulary. Because um, it's amazing when you hear... Uh, and I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear people not editing them out, all your podcasts are just... Uh, there's just tons of edits all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard uh, Penn Gillette they were talking about it and the, his editor was saying all the all the edits they took out of mouth noises this week and he played them for like 30 seconds of Ugh. <laughs> Wait, so, so somebody, that, somebody goes in and takes they all edit, like, your ums and your uhs and, oh. mm. 
sounds like a lot of work. I yeah. guess that's why that's all why these editors, podcasts have editors that yeah. they don't do it themselves. And the same thing with, with, with YouTube and you just, I mean, I do it to you. That's true. You do it. You do it for me. I've never taken a bunch of them and put them on the side and put two <laughs> albums together, but. You did it once to get me to stop doing that, I think. <laughs> I think you were like, I have to cut a lot of these out. Let me show you what it's like. And then, so I do now make more of an effort not to say, um, still happens, but. Well, like we, we said to our students, it's better for you to stop, think about what you're going to say, and then continue, then go, um, no one wants to hear that or look at it. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of have gotten off topic, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking well, that's important. Speaking Clearly and directly, unless your character is kind of not sure of themselves and they're making long noises too and I'm a stutter. But um, that's all. That's all premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Oh, sorry, I'm tired again this week. <laughs> you gotta stop these Sunday. I got I got a new video game yesterday, and I played it all day. And I didn't play it in bed, because I'm still following the no screens in bed. But I think it made me not sleep so well last night. Mm, and you had but, to destroy the entire world in your game, so yeah, that's yeah. a lot of work. It was a lot of work. It was very hard. Um, <laughs> so one last thing I want to say about editing with the algorithm is that it can give you useful data. But I did hear the director of Maniac. I think Corey, oh, I don't remember his last name. Fukuna, Fukunawa, I think is his last name. Mm -hmm. He complained that Netflix was very, because Netflix also is it's has all this data and is very driven by the algorithm and very much knows when people are turning off or changing the program or whatever. Um, so he said that they were very hands-on in how they asked him to edit and even story points that, like the there were creative decisions being made because of algorithms and for Peter and I we watched the first couple episodes and we were like this is all the cool things that we like like future punk anarchist disrupt the systems blah 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 sci-fi um, and we were just like both of us felt very cold about it we were not moved it's got no heart it yeah it, it looked super cool it was super slick but it just like we stopped watching after a couple episodes because it just didn't hold our attention and then so to find out that that's um what was happening behind the scenes was a good cautionary tale of like you can you can use the data but you still have to like make art you still have to make choices that feel right to you and we feel like we're still on that side of it. We haven't been corrupted by the big bucks yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still pure. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's go on to... Commentary? Commentary. Let's see if it works. So I don't know if I actually said the name of this week's video. There's no ice, you're in China, because that, the, that, that marquee story was about my trainer um, refills my bottle with hot water if she thinks it's too cold during our lessons together, my gym trainer. 
It's a Chinese thing. Yeah, it's a Chinese thing. Watch the video. Um, so yeah, that was a, it was a, besides the structural changes, which was more of a discussion in post-production, it was pretty, pretty much followed the pattern that we had already set up for draft videos, which is that, you know, I make a bunch of notes, we sit down in front of the green screen, but like I said, this was the first one we shot in separate takes because it's getting to be bigger than I can keep all in my head at once. So that's our that's the behind the scenes on the making of that one. Was there anything else special about that one? Um real animation? Oh yeah. Yeah, we have an animation in that one. Yeah. That's right. Peter, do you want to talk about your animations? Do we have animation? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we just introduced... We've introduced your giraffe cartoon version, but this was the first time that we actually got you to speak. So we're... Yeah, we're that, seeing that, where that goes. Because we had a couple of animated things before that had mouth movements that were just like open, close, open, close, open, close. Or they could smirk. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you had... Like eye expressions, different mouth expressions, and then even down to the letters you animated. And I I think this is so interesting from a phonics perspective of like p puba p but yeah puba ma p b and m are all the same mouth movement, and so it was like these you name the files by these letter clusters and then you can make the words together out of their f's and your b's or yeah. Uh, yeah um so i think that's super cool and then you said if we so you're assembling them still right in final cut frame by frame but if we get if we find a good dedicated animation program that the, you have the capability to build certain words like foreigner um, so you don't have to individually. Yeah, down down the road with a, a real with a serious program when we get into it, we'll we'll you know can start animated whole scenes and things. But at the yeah. moment, um, we're just basically taking your dialogue and then turning it into facial features to make the characters talk, which is pretty basic in that I draw them by hand. The basic outline of the character, put it into the computer, and then Photoshop, create all the different mouths and draw the mouths there, and then put them one by one, just like the old-fashioned. Because I took, it took you, you were building it all from scratch, so that took you a couple days. Yeah. To get like tens, now, tens now, of seconds it, of animation. Well, yeah. Well, the the you have to make the drawings first, which takes a long time. But so now this, I have a this lot week of you have the, the raw materials, so it's faster. But it still takes you a, a good while to like. Yeah, then 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 you have to build them by your page by page by page by page. After. Yeah. So you have yeah. to like. Now you've got all the drawings. You just got to put them in order. Yeah. So I'm like yeah. I'm I'm listening to you and and watching your mouth and going all right. There's a T. I need a T. There's a U, I need a U. And I'm just pulling those down one. And yeah. by the end, hopefully it works out. <laughs> so yeah, that's an ever-evolving thing that was really exciting that we launched this week. Yep. 
We also put out three legacy videos, which we keep changing how many other videos we're going to put out. But these, it made sense to put out these all this week. Yeah, we're kind of just um, going by what seems to be right for the right time. Yeah. Because some of them are, are seasonal, so that like some of our videos are Thanksgiving or the heat right, of the summer, right. so like we have to push those to the back. So we're just kind of going week to week as to what might actually go well with what's happening with an ad that we put on Facebook to yeah, back, back yeah. that up to hopefully boost our numbers so that we can get seen by more people and yeah. algorithms and brr and that did well, which I, I forgot to mention in Connecting Business, that yesterday we got six new subscribers Yeah, we went in from, one day. Yeah, we're up to seven, 76. We were 69 Yeah, so that's yesterday morning, evening, um, the day before. That's unprecedented for us. Unprecedented. <laughs> so I think between the combination of the Facebook ads and... The attention generation generated on YouTube by posting four videos in one week. It just worked out. Well, that's that's, Another week. that's the whole thing with, with trying to like figure out, especially when we have this bank of older videos to pepper into the new ones and each week is different. Like this week that looked good, like if I backed up the new video with a video before that and then a video after that and I, I played the cards right. Mm -hmm. And it got, it got us a bunch of subscribers. And the first of these was, um, we called it Mega Shorts the first time around because mm -hmm. we were, our vlog, we were calling Uncle Shorts because we're Hello Uncle Foreigner and these are shorts. So these are Uncle's Shorts. Um, and this one is a collection of nine different short stories all together. At the time, up until that time, we were doing one or two at a time in a video. And this, this was the first one. It, Peter had been kicking around this idea for a while and then it just became like the right time and so he was like what have you got we're gonna film them all put them all together part of what um we were looking at was we had gone from little short videos to making much longer videos to saying like we don't want to do a 20 minute video that we research for four months before we do it right so then we were like well how do we make long videos but they don't all have to be like epic yeah pieces. yeah so the idea of putting why don't we just take a bunch of little tiny videos, put them all into one big video, and see if that attracts attention, which it didn't. <laughs> it didn't that time, or really this, or this time. time. Yeah. It didn't do that well. Um, which is, a, it's no comment on its quality, I think. It's oh, really, yeah, they're it's great. It's a really good video. We have, maybe if we split them in, into nine one or two minute stories, right. <laughs> then it might have done, they all might have all done great. But it was fun, I, because. I think in preparation for it, I did spend a couple weeks writing stories, but like as our deadline approached to film it, I didn't have as many as we wanted to have, so I went back through some notebooks and kind of half-finished ideas and found some things that I think would not have developed into full stories that could have stood on their own, but within the, the compendium, are, it's actually nice to have different weights to each story like this one this one has a real arc to it and and really gets you invested and then this one is just a sweet little here's a notion and so it was it actually worked to have stories of different um different values 
I have to look at the actual time of when we made this one. Mm -hmm. But I think it was about the time that we may have been starting these live streams. So I think we were kind of kicking around the idea of like, does a story go to an actual vlog piece? Or does it go does it go to a little uncle short? Does it go to a big long full piece? Does it go to a little story during a live stream? Oh yeah. We were trying to figure out where was. to put them. And, and we had just started Twitter too, I think. So we were yeah. like, where did these ideas go? Yeah, that, that's the hard the whole thing with social media is that like all these stories don't go in some places. Yeah. You and finding it, that's what we've been doing maybe the last like nine months is trying to figure out. Yeah. Who goes yeah. With what. Um, and what, yeah, what kind of idea it belongs in which medium. Um, but, yeah, so it was, and I think I filmed him over two days, and I do remember walking up and down the block, and I filmed, like, six stories in mm -hmm. that one trip, and I even brought, like, a headband or a shirt to put over my other shirt so I, like, would have different brought a couple headbands actually and put my sunglasses on took my sunglasses off so it wouldn't necessarily look like i filmed them all at the same time but i filmed a big chunk of them <laughs> in that one up and down the block um but i don't think unless you're looking really carefully i don't think you you can tell i think it works well also like I mean, that really separate helped. stories that really helped me for the editing of them because i wanted each piece to be edited in a different way so that they mm -hmm. all looked like even though it's they're all you doing walk and talks down the street that they all had like a different vibe, different colors, different saturations or, or you know, whatever the gimmick was for each one. They looked like different pieces. So it, it was essential that we had different costumes. So. Yeah. And, and I think it really worked out. I think it's a cool. Yeah. Totally psyched by it. Cool piece. I wish more people would have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe they will. Maybe they will after this live stream. <laughs> Um, but you were saying this afternoon when we were kind of talking about the rundown for the show that that was kind of a prototype for what we've come back to doing now in that it is these different segments that each one has their own feel but go together in a whole. And that this was really kicked, this is what really kicked us out into experimenting with not one long narrative to fill out a piece, but different short pieces that we can find some way to go together. And also in a, in a mission statement way, the, the creative goal is to give you snapshots and impressions of our life in China and, and what it's like to live abroad and what it's like to experience another culture. Um, and rather, rather than be like a didactic, direct, long lecture, um, let's let you immerse yourself in our world. Which is also part of what we're, what we're experimenting with right now, of going back to that, and we never really left it, but we've, we're trying different ways to do it, is that's not what a lot of, of YouTube is about. It's, there aren't variety shows unless they're like an actual variety show. Like there aren't variety vlogs per se, like, so right, because it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's not. You can't really have like um, the the here's what we're trying to do is like here's seven stories that were given to you like in seven minutes. Right. So it's not like one long boring story of here's whatever happened this week. 
we're giving you like the bang, 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 bang story, but we're finding that that's really hard to, to sell in a description and a, and a, a thumbnail. Because right. people aren't right. used to that. They're used to give me my one story and then I'm clicking off and leaving. Yeah. Where we're like, we've got a whole show planned out for you. You don't have to watch it for an hour and a half. It's only seven minutes long. <laughs> you just wait till all the good parts happen later. Right. Well, and from an authorial, authorial perspective, it's also hard. We've worked a lot, not only at like getting good at what we do, but also finding a way to like work smarter within our lives. So it is, I'm not like sitting down and writing these pieces all day, every day, but I am like pretty much thinking about our videos all day, every day. And then I'll, I'll take notes as I need to, but it's, it's a process like that's, that's what we do all the time. And even to the point where people are like, Oh, how was your weekend? What did you like? We did this, we did YouTube <laughs> because we are, we're thinking about it all the time. And I can understand if maybe that's not what you want to do. This is just your vlog. Mm. Um, but that's why you have one story instead of seven stories every week. And I, I, I think I was just listening to, I think it was Rob Schraub, mm -hmm. um, who was saying that... Uh, He's a television producer. That when you, when you speak to most people, that, like, what, what, what do you do with your work? What do you do at work? What do you... It, and you say, like, well, I, I sat around the, the writer's room, and you think about, like, well, I bounced a ball for a while, or whatever you, you're doing in the writer's room. It doesn't sound like you're doing any work at all. Oh, yeah, that was but, a really good discussion. Yeah, but the, that that's what you do all day long, every day. You, sometimes you can't sleep. Like, all you're doing is thinking about this. You're oh, yeah, working yeah, 24 yeah. hours. I have, yeah, I have notebooks next to my bed. I have a notebook in my backpack. I have a notebook... That's always on the living room table. So sometimes it is a matter of like hunting down the right notebook. I literally have had to do that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. But it is, um, we watched, we're, we watched an old episode of 30 Rock where they talked about the shower principle, which is a real thing of like when you give your brain, when you give your conscious mind a break, it keeps working on the problem that you're thinking about and like, it's the shower principle because you think of your solution in the shower because your mind is actually doing something else. And I think that applies across the board to all creative pursuits. A lot of it is playing foosball and then like, okay, I got the idea. Yeah, go about your, if you find yourself stuck, do some laundry, do the dishes, jog, yeah. whatever. Like, it, 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 it's, unless you're working in a team, it's rarely go talk to a friend or hang out like you'll come up with your ideas then it's usually those moments of like I've got to go do something to step away from this that's you know whatever it's busy work or yeah, working yeah. out or something like that so that your your mind is freed up to do your your writing work your creative work which is all to say even though it's only 13 minutes and you can easily, we've talked for, we're going to have talked for more than an hour probably today. About 47 minutes right now. Um, nine stories in one week is a lot, which is why people don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also why, why people aren't, aren't, aren't even thinking, I, to, I don't know how, how we're supposed to 
sell that of like you just said the other day of like I don't think people do this much work and because people aren't even looking for that much work they're not even thinking about like whether I'm just clicking on a video like right. just right. just be fun I don't care how much work you did but there isn't like a way of like here's nine stories in a way that you would never expect like I'm not <laughs> right. looking for a mystery I just want to like see somebody fall over on YouTube Right. Well, like, have we invented a genre? <laughs> Are we that innovative? We're working hard it's, to do something. It's hard to sell, but it is... We feel so confident that, like, once we do get seen, people are going to like it. And we do get... It's really great that we do get comments that are like, Wow, this is so cool. I can't believe no one's ever heard of this before. Mm -hmm. Like... So tell, tell them. Share. Hit the like button. Don't tell us. Tell your friends. Please hit like. But, so yeah, it is marketing is always going to be hard because we're, we're weird, but that was always, yeah, well, that, that was that, always going to be true, YouTube <laughs> or not. That's, that's the thing when you're trying to, in, it, it cr come up with something that people don't usually expect, that they're not looking for. Of course they're not looking for us. They don't know what to type in to look for us. You can't just type in Emily and Peter at because I want to watch on a, on a mixture of music and expat life and animation and giraffe right. costumes. Right. No one knows to look for that. And if you find it and you don't like it, well, that's something different. But, like, I don't know how to get that in front of people's faces without, like, putting, putting flyers all over town on the telephone poles. Right. And... That, venue. that kind of frustration led us to our next video. Mm. Um, Sichuan dishes, Sichuan dishes in China. You can't, you can't escape from we, Sichuan we, dishes. You can never refuse Sichuan dishes. Um, because for for Sichuan, if you if you're gonna search anything about Sichuan on YouTube, it's going to be the food, with good reason. And I'll say up front that we do love both Sichuan food and food shows. So we thought, let's try, let's try our hand at, at a, a food show that kind of takes you on the tour of our favorite Sichuan food. Which we tried before not, with noodles. Yeah, yeah. But that was pretty straightforward, a little weird. Yeah. Now we were like, let's... Well, let's. this wasn't meant to be weird. Well, okay, so it started out... And it started out, so part of our discussion was, like, we are picky eaters. And a lot of, uh, China in general, but, yeah, China in general. Food shows that, that feature Chinese cuisine, American food shows that feature Chinese cuisine, are very much about either maximum spice or maximum scorpions and, like, oh, my God, Brains. they eat. They eat brains. They eat all these things that we don't eat, and it's, it's all like extreme Andrew Zimmern, Zimmern, Zimmern <laughs> food gross, food gross out kind of food as a dare. Holy and, yeah, holy crap! Dare me to eat this? Yeah, which is not at all our experience. We eat Sichuan food. Well, not every night anymore because it's a little bit spicy for you <laughs> but we eat we eat Sichuan food as a normal thing because that's we live in Sichuan well as Westerners we eat it as much as we eat whatever Western food yeah if you, if you have spaghetti one night yeah. you have Chinese food another night like we try to 
before it used to be nothing but Chinese food. Yeah. And and but so with this video, we wanted to give the perspective of like, if you're not treating this as a dare, what would you want to know? And also as a picky eater, <laughs> like, because there's a lot of the food that we are not into. Um, and so we wanted to... Which is totally normal here. I mean, there there are brains and rabbit heads and things yeah. like that. And it's not weird. It's just what that is. But there are also Chinese it, people but... who are like, yeah, I don't eat brains either. Yeah. It just is... There are more people who do eat brains. <laughs> um, it's not a dare here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just food. Kids... But there's also no normal stuff for us normal in like cabbage and yeah 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 and just regular old bacon or yeah and so we wanted to showcase our favorite foods that also felt like entry level picky eater wants to try a new cuisine i guess hmm. is, is what's the, the closest thing to western food that you would have that's totally sichuan no what would a, what would a western person eat Oh, as as the overall. Yeah. I thought you were asking, or I thought you were quizzing me. No, no. To name a dish, <laughs> I was gonna say, well, that cauliflower and bacon. <laughs> the, well, that's is, not like anything in in. The in dishes our, we chose for this video were like yeah, yeah, were yeah. pretty basic. A flavor profile that wasn't too challenging, I guess. But totally Sichuan. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that was the that was the the germ of the idea, and then we were gonna do another green screen attempt. And without then, a green screen. Without a green screen. And that, again, went just totally awry. And I think was even worse than the first mm -hmm. time. Because it, it just We tried to make it better good. and we made it worse. It wasn't good. And so you came to me like two days, after two days of trying to fix it. Mm. And you were like, it's not, it's not working. And it was the closest we came to maybe scrapping a video mm. altogether. Because it... The green screen wasn't working, but because we were trying the green screen, the set behind me looks terrible. It's like this this terrible blue sheet sloppily tossed over. Well, it started to actually resemble some serial killer's cellar set. Right. Yeah, so we the the that you came to me and you were like it, it's like a snuff film. <laughs> yeah. And it like I remember the two points we considered were maybe I'm like isolated. There was something like isolating about it. So maybe I'm isolated in space and I'm explaining to you from my space station mm -hmm. that there's Chinese food. <laughs> and we just like couldn't get that to work at all. But then in kind of a, a reactionary move, because we're, Peter keeps up with, the other YouTubers pretty well. Um, and there is a flavor of YouTuber out there who's very aggressive about, like, explaining how, what's the right way to do things, especially in, like... Well, it's not just YouTuber. I think it's been around for as long as... Well, I mean, uh, probably man, most man countries, but yeah, a lot of mansplaining, a, <laughs> a lot of Marco Poloing that people use. That, Marco Poloing, that's, yeah. That's way before vlogging or, or yeah. blogging. It's but so there is a lot of... There are a lot of videos on YouTube that are like explaining China, um, and so we yeah. How, how do you do it right? I'm gonna yeah. show you. But behind between this set that looks like I'm stranded in an isolated bunker, <laughs> and 
the idea of like we're trying to do the opposite of of shove Chinese culture down your throat. We came up with the idea that I had been kidnapped and forced to explain these dishes to you. By a, a Chinese old hand. An yeah. old hand being a Westerner who's lived here for a very long time. Yeah. So there's a uh, you've been kidnapped by somebody who's been living in China for a long time and is forcing you to eat Sichuan food the correct way that they believe that you you right, are right. really experiencing China until you Because we had some shots on camera of Peter asking me to hold things in a different way that we obscured his voice so you can't hear what he's saying. You can't make out what he's saying, but it sounds like you can tell that he's giving me orders and I'm reacting to it. <laughs> so we made Peter into this character who's bossing me around how to eat food <laughs> in front of a camera like as if you I was like show the people at home how, how that you're safe if you send 10 Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it sounds insane to describe it like this and it is insane if you watch it like that um but that's that was what kind of saved 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 the video and we even shot like that opening was conceived of after the fact to drive home the fact that I had been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a little story out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we talked in the past about the growing malaise we had had with our YouTube videos, and this, I think, was the pinnacle. Yeah, well, we, we kept... We, we supremely reevaluated what we were doing after this video. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the fact that, like... The pride is that we made something, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I like it. And but, it's like, definitely it, different. <laughs> it, but it, taking something that could be a monumental mistake and turning it into something creative is something that, uh, like, once again speaks to when you have a deadline, when you work at a newspaper, like, you could screw up a story as long as you're not, like, putting out the facts of that, you know, lies and slander that... Right. That you're gonna come up with some kind of story yeah it's just yeah. things might be kind of weird yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's why that happened <laughs> and yeah i don't know i don't the fun i have not watched it to be honest since last year <laughs> still scares me. i don't know how the fun part for me was that like i put tons of editing into it so i did all kinds of really crazy sequential art the tricks of mm -hmm. making making stories flow by boxes moving around and different panels interacting yeah. and all different kinds of effects. So from that standpoint, from a technical storytelling standpoint, I'm pretty darn psyched about it. Yeah, and I think it captures the kind of mania that is interesting. Well, yeah, and the same kind of like mania that from living here at some point you just like yeah, you drive yeah, yourself yeah, down yeah, a yeah. path that you're just like, what am I doing? Things get out of control, and, and if you're stubborn like me, you, you just go with it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, what happened? <laughs> so, well, we got it on tape. We got it on tape, and uh, hundreds of years from now, people watch it and, and know something, something <laughs> real about our time. It's, it's definitely not Rick and Morty's Sichuan sauce. No. No. But... In total opposite of that, the next video uh, was a book review of the book Little Soldiers by Lenora Chu, which was about 
her she's American, her husband's American, and they were living in Shanghai, and they sent her son, their son, to Chinese kindergarten because international school is like super expensive. It's as expensive as colleges in the United States, private colleges. Um, so they went to, to Chinese school instead. And so she wrote about her experience of that and I read that book and it like really resonated with my experience and explained some things that I had seen. And it was just a really good book and I had really liked it. And so we were like, why, why not do a book review? Hello, Uncle Foreigner is allowed to be anything. Let's try it out. We, we just did a, a Saw movie. Yeah. So why don't we just do a, yeah. a good old kindergarten book yeah. review. So we went to our favorite cafe and ordered like delicious little drinks, colorful drinks. And I talked for 15 minutes about how I felt about that book. And it was so super straightforward. Um, and in the end, I, I wanted to talk about that book and we needed some videos. Or, I mean, we always need videos. Um, I wanted to talk about the book. We had a platform, so that's what we did. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't so much that we needed a video. We always want to try to do something different for, yeah. for everything. And, I mean, once again, that's kind of what makes us hard sell. It's like, so you're a book review this No, just this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe sometime in the future we kind of know what we want to do because we did a book review that we're really happy with. If we want to do a book review in the future, we know where we're going to shoot it. Yeah. Over some nice ice creams and cakes. Yeah. At the Mongo Tea, whatever the club bar that is. Yeah. And at that time last year, we were trying to raise the profile of our channel. So we were, we were actually sending out like press releases and stuff to different places, um, trying to get noticed. Like even if like Time Out Shanghai would make a little blurb about us or you know, any, any kind of attention. And so I reached out to the book's publicist at HarperCollins, who had been someone I had worked with when I was at the newspaper in New York City. And so I was just like, oh, just so you know, I reviewed Lenoir's book. Um, if you want to take a look, it's there. Um, and she wrote back and she remembered me and she's like, oh, that's great. You know, Lenore's doing blah, 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 blah. If you were interested in doing something, so I had to write back and be like, I think you should look at our channel first. We're really not mainstream news. That's, that's, I've left that kind of in my past, and we're kind of a more experimental channel right now. And I never heard back from her. <laughs> but it was, like, I didn't want to fool anybody into doing something that like really was not appropriate. Well, and something you've gone back and forth with, too, is with, with farmed out work that you could do freelance work in the mainstream right and, right and you've gone back and forth with whether i do i want to do that or not and every time that you are offered something then you think about it and you're like well it's my fear of success <laughs> no it's, it is i think well it takes a lot of work yeah to, to yeah do, it's not just something you throw up on the side yeah it's not a side gig and it's not it's it ultimately ends up being distracting rather than i mean if someone was a discussion for not podcast, <laughs> um, but so the book review was the book review, and it came out well. There wasn't really a whole lot for you to do. I think post production, no, we, we, you we, added you added pictures of children. Yeah, just a, a little aesthetic stuff. It was mostly getting a good location and filming. Yeah, like the, the, the picture, like it, the, our whole set shot was 
really it spot looks on. really like, good yeah. you even chose that shirt for me to wear yeah. i think um so like yeah can we make your our whole thing stand. was like how do we make something look really nice and slick yeah so yeah. that was the extra if our last one was like we're gonna make an ugly snuff film this one was like how do we make a a, a proper super commercial yeah, you know, PBS yeah. special or something. <laughs> something that's appealing <laughs> rather than <laughs> off-putting. <laughs> so let's go on to Western Toilet this week, oh, yeah. our music arm, um, that where we published the music video that went along with our third channel, Cool Water. Um, so this Peter, it was. I'll tell you the story. You tell me. So I came home from work with a story. This grandma stopped me on the steps on the way to school and told me she had video of me high-fiving her grandson. Watch watch the video. Watch Cool Water. It's all in that. But it ends, so it's, our school has security cams and the parents can watch me on security cams. And so Peter, I was originally just going to tell that story on last week's live stream. And Peter was like, no way, that's a giraffe story. So we included it in the giraffe video. And so we went into our elevator to shoot security cam footage. Peter just held the camera way up above his head and, and filmed me. What do you do when there's a security camera? You got to dance. So I just danced around in the elevator wearing my giraffe costume. And so that's the footage that you used for... We used it for the, the actual video itself. Yeah, there's some in the actual video, and then And there's... then what, what, what I've been doing for our music videos, because essentially that YouTube channel is just to listen to music. But as long as it's a video component, rather than just putting up like one photo or something, like a lot of people do, mm -hmm. might as well just slap a little extra video in there for extra stuff. So I've just been taking whatever's left over from our actual shoots and composing a quick little video that's thrown together. So for that one, I just took the entire footage of you in the elevator and then put that with the soundtrack so that the... I didn't create new music for a, a Western Toilet video or a new video. I just took what was used in our original Hello Foreigner made mm -hmm. it into a music video and that's why it makes it easier for like why do we have three channels is because they're all the same components that we're picking a little bit of this a little bit of this mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. of this and we can put it over here into like because running one channel is hard enough we're, <laughs> we're running three but it's it's not that bad when you're yeah. putting them all together so there's enough overlap that it's not like a whole new chore to do but it's different enough that it can be its own thing. And you get a little, like, the outtakes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the song itself, I liked that it kind of had, like, a 70s instructional film. <laughs> kind of. Doo -doo -doo. Little, little science water sounds. Yeah, science water sounds. <laughs> um, and it, did you have anything you want to say about, about the music? About I the can music? say that it sounds a lot like a mixture of, of, of XTC mixed with Radiohead, but, I mean, those are influences, so <laughs> that's, that's why that happened. We caught you. Yeah. Okay, well then, let's go on to Watch It. Watch It. Watch It. 
our watch it this week is the NBC sitcom Superstore, which um, follows the lives of the workers at a fictional kind of Sam's Club, what are stores? Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and anyone who's ever worked in retail, myself included, thinks that their place of work should be a TV show. And we're right. It should. It's hilarious, this show. Um, but what I really enjoy about it is how it can tell these little stories about little petty grievances between the workers and, you know, just the day-to-day boringness of working in retail, but then also, like, really in a meaningful way get at the kind of structural inequities of late-stage capitalism in America. Like, the season opener this year had two... Two of the women were pregnant and gave birth, and one of them had the basic um, with low-level floor workers insurance. Of some kind? Or? Yeah, she had the, 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 the floor workers insurance, and the other one had the management insurance, and she had, like, a much better birth experience. And, you know, just, you know, what's, what's unfair about working in the world today? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think it addresses those kinds of stories really well in a way that like makes you really feel for people, people who are, who live that way for real. Um, but and also then identify if you've done it like. Or yeah, 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 and and also, it's just funny. It just is like super funny. But what's relevant to us is they make very good use of interstitials to give. The extra flavor to the story. Usually, the the customers are not a big part of the story. It's the customers. If you've worked in retail, you know the customers are just just there to like be in your way and annoy you. <laughs> and so they never have their own part in the plot, but they are very well represented by these intercut shots of like just the mayhem <laughs> they can create in the store in these four second shots, which we um, really found kind of inspiring for not not that that's at all the story we're telling but that you can take a moment as it's not just a transition but it's also adding and enriching to the story yeah i would say that there were a um a big influence on stuff that we do with like and then now segment yeah like yeah. being trying to find whatever the amount of it is like five ten seconds and like what capture capture a story it, like it doesn't yeah, have to have, yeah. you don't know anything about the person but if you can see 10 seconds of somebody's life and something that happens in those seconds and put your head into that space of what that story might mean yeah like it, with it, and without any dialogue without any words establish a premise and then have it resolve in some way mm. is like a really elegant thing to do i think mm. yeah and it's it's not that easy I mean, uh, again, with, like, and then now is the concept of, like, people watching. Yeah. Like, essentially what you're going to go do when you, like, hey, let's go people watch is we're going to go sit outside on a park bench and we're mm-hmm. going to sit out there for a couple hours and we'll just watch people walk by and we'll make up stories about them. Yeah. If you can imagine taking those moments and then 
editing them down to like the best three that I saw out of yeah. those two hours. That, <laughs> rather than have to sit through all of them, we curate them for as yeah, and now. Yeah. And I think that comes in, in the interstitials of Superstore. Yeah, and, and as a proof of concept, because when we discussed our first and then now, we didn't know. We didn't know if it was going to work or not. We talked about it and set up a game plan. But when I knew, when I was filming, that we probably had something was this one moment where a woman and her teenage daughter walked out of the grocery store the woman stopped and looked at her phone and the teenage daughter kept going and then yanked and then fell back and then they kept walking and it was like catching that you know what's happening there you can see that image i don't it might not be up not yet not not yet it, it, it aired last year but it's it not aired yet. last year but we haven't re re posted it yet it hasn't hit the reruns yet <laughs> um but that was the moment like a full story happened within five seconds and it like you could watch that and know what you were looking at and so I was like I I think I've got something mm -hmm. here and particularly that that like part of doing it as expats is to try and capture moments of like what's Chinese life like yeah and capturing that moment in particular is like it's not that it was a Chinese mom and her daughter Right, that's what, happening everywhere, everywhere in the world. Yeah, right no matter now. what, who, what kind of person you are, that yeah, you know that moment. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, that's what we want to do. <laughs> so to, to yeah, to find these physical moments that still tell some kind of, it's gonna be abbreviated because it's five seconds, but it tells you a story. It shares a, a resolved moment with you. Which is also, I think, another problem that that we. Are, or it's, not, it's not a problem, we're deliberately trying to do this, but trying to sell it. If we find it hard in a YouTube world to sell a five minute story or a 10 or 15 minute story that makes some kind of concise, composed sense, it's also hard to sell a five second story. Right. Like, I think a lot of people will look at it and look at it and be like, so you showed me a picture, like whoop you do Right, well, like, and that's in my former career when I was writing art, critiques of like you, you can look at a picture there's ways to look at a picture and get a lot out of it yeah well yeah that's one but of the, but people need many people need education on how to do that yeah particularly Even, you're not when, born knowing how to there, do that. there's a classic of like the person that doesn't go to museums that goes to a museum is curious about what what they're looking at mm -hmm. and they stand there next to another person who knows what they're looking at and they look at the tag and read about it and they look up at the picture and they go how long am I supposed to look at this for? Right. <laughs> at what point do I get it? Yeah. Art. <laughs> so, Superstore. You just watch it. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, great, great, great cast. Wonder, I mean, some of them are, but what's his name from Kids in the Hall and America Oh, yeah, Mark Ferrara. McKinney. Yeah. It's a great cast. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's it's very classically structured sitcom. Mm. Um the premise is, is pretty ordinary. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it would be something that like I would just flip by if I, you know, if, if we weren't people that are like, hey, new thing is on, let's let's see if it's worth yeah. looking well, at. Well, Justin Spitzer, the creator, was a writer on The Office. Uh-huh. Um, so that's... Workplace comedy. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I would be... I some... love a good workplace <laughs> comedy. It'd be something that I would just flip by and never think twice about, but having watched it, 
like it just because it's so mainstream looking, I, it'd be easy to forget <laughs> about. But it it really solidly yeah. episode after episode is just killer. Yeah, which I don't know if it's popular, and I have no idea in America what's popular and what's not popular. I don't know. But if I like it, it must be not popular. <laughs> well, it's made, what, like fifth season or something? Fourth or fifth? It's been on for a Maybe, while now. I guess. Man, time keeps on... Ticking? Slipping. <laughs> Let's say uh, noodles to you.